<clears throat> rolling. Extra, extra. This just in. Welcome, Welcome to, to Uncover, Uncover Girl. Girl, the podcast that unpacks the most memorable celebrity profiles of all time. We're your hosts, Ivana Ryder and Beatrice Hazelhurst, ready to unravel and review every culture defining A list interview with the help of writers, industry experts, and even the talent themselves. Journalism might be dying, but you better believe the celebrity profile lives on. On today's episode, we unravel the twisted double life of Angelina Jolie, her journey from Hollywood rebel to humanitarian, as well as the origins and implosion of Brangelina. Welcome back to another week of Uncover Girl. We are so excited to dive into all the dirty details of our latest profile with you. And before that, Beatrice, what's inspiring you this week? <laughs> you know what? I've been really sick and I went back to the gym for the first time and was in this very male-dominated section um of the weights room and there was one other girl and she came over and was like hi will you just watch my form and just see if I'm doing anything wrong or if I deeply disturb you with the way my body's moving and I was like yes like of course and I was just so stoked and I completely understand it was because I was quite literally the only other woman that section of the gym but I like to believe I looked yoked (laughs) and she was like (laughs) oh no that absolutely played a role she was like she knows what she's doing women helping women oh you truly love to see it but what's been inspiring you Ivana I mean honestly they're sitting in front of us right now I I've drank cold brews before that have put me in the grave where I've like I'm like nearing a panic attack I'm shaking I'm like unable to function for like a full 24 hours but something about Starbucks alchemy with the pumpkin spice cold brew and the cream on top yeah it's really kept me going and it's made me incredibly productive which is um actually not like a mode that I've been on and they make me feel like speaking of lifting like I could lift a truck yeah I'm just like absolutely capable of anything after I've had one we'll take anything we can get no of course I need help I need help. <laughs> I need help. <laughs> um, are you working on anything cute um, in the profile realm? What's I just talked to um, Anna Fabriga of Losa Spookies, and she was very, very cute. We like reminisced about her middle school years um, and how she was in love with this model from America's Next Top Model. And then she saw her at a bar when she was like 21. So like at 14, she's like completely in love with this contestant named, I think, Kaylee. Yeah. And then she was behind a bar um, that like Anna walked into and was like, oh my God, I was in love with you. And she came from around the bar and like picked her up hugged her and was like thank you so much wow and it's like imagine your middle school crush yeah 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 you like run into them and then they like lift you into the air and hug you what about you are you working on anything fun right now i do have a piece coming out with a i think relatively famous instagrammy influencer type who runs in the kind of the kylie jenner circles and all the rest that's very speaking of lifting again very food fitnessy related Mm. It was a very interesting conversation because as much as I feel like she is known for kind of having the sickest abs in the game, there was a a bit of like unhealthiness 
tied into it. Woman in your mid-twenties, like it's truly a minefield. There's not much you can get right. Everyone has their own take on what's kind of going to work. And yeah, and it's just, it's just interesting to hear that the way that other people live, which is obviously why, you know, the what I eat in the days and um, oh yeah, 24 hour videos are just so popular because everyone wants the kind of the inside scoop. But I mean, I'm just very much a big proponent of just like building muscle in like any way that works for you um, to keep your body like functioning normally. And I also just read that the stronger your legs, the longer you live. Because it's like the legs, the hip issues that follow. Yes, the knees. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like building out your glutes and, um, and legs is apparently just like paramount to a long, healthy life. Okay. Well, we're going to live for a hundred thousand years. Yeah. We <laughs> forget the BBL. Yeah. It's all about the glute build. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Let's go. Okay. Okay. This week we are getting into probably the most famous woman on the planet, if not in the top five, Angelina Jolie. Mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna set the scene. I'm gonna paint a little picture for you, Ivana. This is 2007. She is being profiled for an Esquire cover story. The cover has Angelina in the full nude with um, a sheet covering the privates. It's very much giving like Miley Cyrus and Vanity Fair several years later that almost like tanked her career for posing naked with a sheet. It's the same brand. No, I Um, I totally remember the photo. The photo is so familiar to me. Yeah, except Angelina at this point is not 16. Like Miley, she is 32. She's a full grown woman. She has been married to Brad Pitt for... I think, no, sorry, she, she didn't get married. They were dating for two years at this point. She's got four kids. She's got Maddox from Cambodia, Zahara from Ethiopia. And then she had given birth to Shiloh mm-hmm. with bread and then adopted Pax from Vietnam. So she's got four kids. She's 32, crazy. She's someone that also, I don't know how you feel about her. I am, I'm deeply enamored with her from a very like ambivalent perspective. I truly feel nothing but I am very impressed with her accomplishments like no absolutely and I really mostly I am intrigued by her yes. I thought the Billy Bob Thornton years where she wore the vial of blood around her neck were very interesting to me the <laughs> Billy Bob tattoo is like sort of burned into my memory yes and then I've sort of my mom was a big fan of hers like very much described her as like the most beautiful woman in the world so that fascinates me because i don't know anyone who is a fan Mm -hmm. and i think that's distinction i feel like a deep respect yeah um but i'm not a fan and i don't she doesn't draw me in and i think that's the lack of almost relatability Mm -hmm. that other celebrities have but it's a very interesting time in 2007 vladimir putin is named time person of the year (laughs) Which, oh, Christ. <laughs> not aged well. And, and not aged well. 15 years out of inciting or plans to incite a world war. He, yeah, is obviously the hot ticket politician. Um, <laughs> the stock market uh, closed at an all-time high. Pre-2008 crash. Oh, my so. God. But also this was a crazy fucking time for celebrities. So at this point, it's July when the story comes out. And Nicole Smith has died a couple months earlier of an accidental overdose. Britney's shaving her head. Um, oh, geez. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it was it was like the, the meltdown kind of year um, for a lot of different celebrities. Lindsay Lohan had gone to rehab three times. But also a crazy, crazy era of technology. So this year, Apple introduces the first iPhone. Google launches the first Android 
and Kindle debuts from Amazon. So it's all go tech, celeb, entertainment. And in the crosshairs is this interview with Angelina Jolie, which hmm, I'm going to reserve judgment until I, <laughs> until I get into it. I want to preface, this is not a profile I had ever read. And I absolutely understand why Ivana assigned me it. Absolutely. I was going in completely blind. The writer is Tom Juneau, who was very, very famous at the time. I think he'd already won two magazine awards. Really interesting. But this is a very like impressive writer. So I want to get that out before I dive into anything else. So (laughs) what Angelina is promoting during this interview remains very unclear. So how Tom sets out is with this kind of picture of uh, 9-11 New York. So he talks about, um, again, how this is relevant to Angelina at this point. We, we do not know. We're like, kind of like, when is it going to kick off? But this is my favorite type of, of profile. Like when it starts with something so nonsensical and random and you have to kind of work out how they're going to connect the dots and bring it back to the celebrity. Oh yeah. It's delicious. It feels like you're like solving a riddle where it's like the lamb is crossing the the moat. And then how do you get the, and it's so funny. Yeah, no, it is delicious is the word. It's juicy mm-hmm. um, in a way that's obviously not salacious in the slightest. So he starts out with this picture of 9-11 New York, Harrison Ford, walks into a bar, no one even looks up, but a fire truck passes and everyone cheers. He makes this very astute observation that perhaps things have finally changed. He writes, a culture dangerously besotted with celebrity might be on the verge of writing itself, Mm. which is just a really, a really interesting take. He kind of starts off with this idea of moral resurgence. And then we get to Angelina Jolie. Kind of, she, <laughs> she walks in out of the blue. She is damp from the rain in Hollywood. Rare to rain in. Very rare. She takes off her raincoat and he's very impressed by her body. He is probably 49, 50 at this point in time. She, like I said, is 32. So there's a bit of an age gap, but she's not an ingenue, but she is a sex symbol, which he's very right to point out. He calls her body once iconic for its comic book voluptuousness, now extremely thin. She is skin and bones. The comfort with like calling out a woman's body and the way it's changed, not appropriate right now. Yes. Like, not something that anyone no. can do on either spectrum, like whether a woman has gained weight or lost weight, like for both things to comment on like a mother of four at this yes. point and her like supposed weight loss is simply inappropriate yeah it is inappropriate but at the same time i kind of appreciate it but i think what's missing from it is insight there's no psychological connection made later in the piece he again mentions her thinness and connects it with her mother's death somewhat but it's quite loose and it's like a bit of a reach I'm going to read the quote because it is, it is a well, it could say, he could do this sleazily. He navigates her, an objectively very beautiful woman with a lot of class and distance, which I think is important. He makes no Danes on her as being like interested in him or flirting with him or whatsoever, which was what a lot of profilers were doing. So he says she is not short, but she is very small down to her bones, which are like twigs. 
And yet her flesh, her golden mortified flesh is extraordinary. Her eyes and lips are, as advertised, extravagant creations. But then in addition to all that extravagance, they also glisten like wet roads in a car commercial. It's beautiful prose. Wow. Like, it's very beautiful. And you feel like you are sitting in front of her. Because uh, it could have easily been crude. He is painting the picture that she's ethereal and otherworldly, which I think she is. He then talks about her tattoos. He asks to see her tiger tattoo, which is particularly relevant because she is currently saving the tigers. He goes on to say, the black dress parted. And in the conventions of the celebrity profile, I should have been thinking, hey, sexy, but I wasn't. I was thinking that if her effort to save the Asian tiger failed, then the last one left in the world would be printed on the back of Angelina Jolie. Whoa. He spends no time on her background. So I'm going to tell you, Ivana, this profile is 6,000 words long. That's long. that's like extravagantly long. <laughs> extravagantly long. To kind of put it in layman's terms, I think the New York Times word count cap is uh, three to 4,000. Um, from what I can remember, um, 6,000 would just never get across the line, I don't think. No, um, people I, don't have the bandwidth. Yeah. Or like the space on the pages. The, like, yes. Yeah. yeah. So this is like, this is a full spread. But despite it being so long, he spends no time on her background. He talks about how much the media likes to believe, or maybe like a American society at large likes to believe that she is crazy. It's the like fucking Billy Bob in the car before the awards show. Mm -hmm. It's the kissing her brother on stage at the Oscars. And that's kind of all she gets in terms of what her life was until now, which baffles me because she was in her early thirties. There's a lot of life to cover, but he doesn't spend any time, any time covering it. Um, and a lot of like movies, like hit a lot of like, hit movies. She's like worked. I mean, from Girl Interrupted, yeah. which she won an Oscar for. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. Gia, uh, Tomb Raider, and Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which was only yeah. two years before, and was like this box office absolutely sensation. Like their chemistry yeah. was described as thermonuclear. Which, I mean, it was. Have you seen it? Many yeah. times. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's a delicious <sighs> film. It really it holds is. up. Yeah. And you they, understand. And they were going to remake it, and it didn't come <gasps> to fruition. Yeah, <gasps> with Phoebe Waller-Bridge and um, oh, Donald Glover. right. Yeah. And it, I don't know what happened. It's I don't know if it stalled. I, I oh. know that she pulled out. I So he, he uses, like, all this tabloid fodder. Instead of focusing on, like, kind of her career as an actress, even slightly. Then it, like, pulls out one headline that he remembers reading, which is, like, Angelina Jolie and her twisted double life. That's, like, imagine it's on the cover of, you know, Star or something in the grocery store. He says she has a twisted double life because she wrested Brad Pitt away from Jennifer Aniston. She has a twisted double life because she adopted not one but three children. She has a twisted double life because she is out saving the world instead of staying home and making movies. And... It's, I, I definitely understand the device and I, and I kind of like the packaging, but at the same time, it feels a lot about his chance to be clever and shine rather than actually get to the root of the woman sitting in front of him. And which is just, it's just my preference. Like those are the profiles I really like. Yeah. Like I've actually learned something. I've learned something this, you've contextualized this person for me and now I can have an opinion. What's also interesting is that 6,000 words, it's so editorialized and very artistic, but not a lot of Angelina. So 
If you look at the cover story as it was printed, her quotes are literally taken out of context. When you say out of context, they weren't worked into the profile. Instead, they were featured as like pullouts in the middle of the paragraph and blown up. So I kept reading these one, you know, enlarged bit of text, these enlarged quotes and thinking, okay, that's going to crop up down the track in the profile. It never does. So there are so many of these and the wild quotes, but there's no before, there's no after as if the lead up isn't worth it or they are good enough to stand alone. I don't know if that's an editor decision. It was weird. Um, And how does she come across in the quotes? Like from her quotes, is she, yeah, like what is she giving? (laughs) I'll give you two. These are completely stripped of context. You have no idea what conversation led up to it. She says, I have an animal sanctuary in Cambodia. I'll protect the tigers, but I do like a steak. That's my diet. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fun. Yes. (laughs) So um, the most we get that kind of surrounds that quote is that he describes her as being like very frank and and forthcoming. Mm -hmm. There seems to be no media training or she tries to put on the front that she is so genuine, spontaneous, off the cuff. She could say anything. She's crazy like that. (laughs) But it's it does seem very controlled. Controlled. And the next thing she says, again, it's pulled out and randomly just plopped in the middle of a bunch of text is, I don't have a publicist. I don't have an agent. I don't participate in anything. I ignore it. Okay. Uh, To be literally the A-plus lister of all A-listers and to not have an agent or a publicist is not only unhinged, but it's bad for your mental health and safety. That feels like unsafe. Agents ensure that your, you know, contracts are, yes, everything's fine there. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's wild. It's wild. She is getting calls, I guess, all day at the house with Brad from tabloids being like, is this true? Is that true? And she takes them all and she says, no, that's not true and hangs up the phone. Whoa. Like, why are you doing that to yourself? Just to have the image of like, I'm removed from the classic Hollywood machine. Okay, this was my other key take from the first kind of third to half of this profile. Pick me girl on another level. I was going to say about the steak, I feel like there was a big trend in this era and i've actually read a lot of profiles yeah like it's like the early 2000s where girls were just obsessed with i eat a cheeseburger yes oh my what was the interview that i recently read where it was like i'll eat a whole pizza yeah i'll I'll eat a whole pizza to myself i swear i just read it i'll have to remember that'll come in the fact check portion of the notes it's very clear that she wants to distance herself from the idea that she is an actress from her profession even though it's what makes all her money and funds the entirety of her humanitarianism so for whatever reason tom chooses to skip over the fact that her connection to cambodia came from lara croft like tomb raider so he skips over that which i think is really interesting it's like she went out to shoot a movie and fell in love with this country and decided to save it isn't the 
the tiger tattoo, which this, like, we can check. Yes. But the tiger tattoo, I believe that she got that in Cambodia, too, in, like, the very traditional style. Yeah. It took, like, eight hours. There's none of that. Okay. There's there's none of that. He does talk about that she bought the house where Maddox was born, and then she bought 39 acres. Again, this is all under the guise or the umbrella of, like, how crazy she is. She is crazy. Then she buys 6,000 acres. Then she buys 230 square miles of land in Cambodia, all out of pocket, and she then starts a whole conservation project to protect the tigers from poachers and then this kind of anti-poverty activism in which she builds like a soy milk factory, a school, roads. When I actually, when I do think of Angelina Jolie and the way that she was covered by the press at this time and like in the, honestly, years since, it is very much like photographs of her with like um, school children, photographs of her like building houses. Yes. It's a lot of photographs of her doing like outreach. So in that way, it's interesting that this is like almost the inception of that image. Angelina Jolie, A-lister turned activist. Which is just a far cry from her past, which I just wish he would go back to. I mean, she is a fascinating human being born to this very famous actor, John Voight. She attempted suicide at 19 and 22 and then had a nervous breakdown at 24 and then adopted Maddox at 26. So that's a huge life lived. And in the midst of it all, she is starring in these crazy, crazy films, either critically acclaimed or just like commercial successes on another scale. Tomb Raider made 270 million, which is pretty impressive. There's none of this. And throughout it all, we don't understand what she's here to promote. I thought this was about her humanitarian work, but I didn't understand the connection between 9-11 and all of it. She does talk about Brad in the sense of their lifestyle, which sounds kind of dark and unhealthy. So he's walked into a relationship with this woman who at this point already has two children and then they expand their family so fucking quickly. I don't think they even give themselves time to breathe. Imagine like leaving your relationship with your wife who, if I remember, like couldn't get pregnant. I think they were trying or maybe they, they weren't. There was no children involved, obviously, in her, his first marriage to Jennifer Anderson. And then immediately, not even a month break, walking into this relationship with this other woman who has two children already and within two years of being in that relationship you have two more like it's it doesn't happen like I've been in a relationship now for three years the idea of having two children already on top of an additional two is like unfathomable to me because it wouldn't even be a chance to get to know the other person to really see their their parenting style their conflict style you yeah. really wonder what those early days were like because yes. it clearly was a whirlwind. Like right. those stories, I mean, it was, I feel like the biggest story of the time, the like post Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yes. Leaving Jennifer Aniston for Angelina Jolie. I think like every mother in America was up in arms. So he clearly has been informed there'll be no questions about the split from Jen. But I think what's so interesting is what has come out after the fact. When Brad and Angelina were first photographed, they were on the coast of Africa a month after Jen filed for divorce and they were just on the beach with Maddox. Now it's like, how the fuck did the paparazzi chase them (laughs) to the shores of Africa? Like clearly it was a very private vacation. Jen Werner, who at the time founded or was running uh, Us Weekly, came out and said, 
the photographers were not only told where the pair were staying, but were given details about the time of their daily walk along the beach, as well as a suggestion of where they could be like secretly photographed. Us Weekly got the photo and the person to tip them off, he writes, was Angelina. (gasps) So this is a woman who says, I don't have a publicist. I don't have an agent. So she's calling the paps directly. Why? Maybe to propagate this picture of a happy family maybe to put distance between brad and jen with whom he was just like fresh fresh off a breakup with i don't know that's so interesting because now it's become so commonplace to call the paparazzi on yourself but it feels like at this point that's like real ingenuity well i think it was common i mean nick lachey famously talked about yeah yeah he went on a date with kim k it was like they a went, movie theater. They went date, to a movie. Right? Yeah. They, they went to a movie. There were no paparazzi there. Obviously, like Kim's not that big at this point, and they come out, and the paparazzi are all there, swarming. Yes, the <laughs> um, cliche. Imagine the hottest ticket in town. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it was happening, but this kind of celebrity who is actively participating in her own narrative to this—it's weird, especially given the fact that this whole profile positions her as so removed from the entertainment industry. She is like, you know, I I don't like hate the fact that I have to do this and this is my job. But I wrote an op-ed the other day and they said that I was a UN ambassador and not an actress. And I just held that up to Brad and I said, look, Brad, not just an actress. So she clearly has like a little bit of disdain for Hollywood. But then that weird duality of then calling the paparazzi and engaging in her own no totally yes do you feel like growing up as the child of a very famous actor who was in like very revered films as john voight was do you feel like that also contributed and growing up going to like beverly hills high mm. contributed to her almost disillusionment about you know how being a celebrity is inherently cool because it feels like her entire run of fame she doesn't care really I think that she would do all these publicity stunts and uh, she embraced the idea of being like the crazy girl. And then I think she wanted to be perceived very differently after she, she went to Sierra Leone in 2001. She says specifically, Oh my God, you silly young woman from California. Do you have any idea how difficult the world really is for so many people? I got out of myself pretty quickly being in the middle of a civil war. I mean, you look around, there are arms and legs. So she wow. she says that mm-hmm. as as the kind of entry point into activism and how she was just like okay I need to get the fuck over myself which I mean she probably did I guess but I think it also coincided with everyone gets over themselves kind of in their like mid to late twenties no <laughs> like, totally it's like the, the confluence of of many events at once and she's yes. a mother like yes. it's like I she think like all of those together yeah Maddox definitely saved her life she says she said like all her self-destructive tendencies got pushed aside when she had this baby and there's someone on a much lesser scale who like has a cat to wake up and live for every day I can attest it is a strong it's a strong reason to carry on no of course (laughs) I just think that's what's so interesting is to be so to be like I've have 230 square miles in Cambodia and I I'm starting this enormous conservation project with the support of some of the biggest economists in the world um and yet I'm calling the paparazzi on myself it's like a very I've just never heard of anything like it it's Mm -hmm. really odd um she does say about Brad we don't go to parties we hardly ever leave the house and this is what I meant about the two-year span of knowing someone to then be relegated 
or confined to a home 24 seven. Um, we try to schedule time when we're alone right now, Pax is sleeping in our bed, which is kind of nice. Brad and I are starting with the children and are planning to have our time together in our later years. So how revealing is that quote to kind of like hang your head on the facts that I will finally get to like have romance and good times with my partner after our soon to be like six children, I think are all grown up. It also feels like it's where this profile catches her being a new mom. I feel like that sort of that quote, I've heard that out of new mom's mouth right now like all of the focus and like I mean there's so much research done on like when you have a new baby it's like I think you can only go like six to ten seconds without thinking of that baby yeah it's like men and sex yeah (laughs) it makes a lot of sense to me that being so fresh it's like a total focus yeah I just want to one more time break down so they've been this is 2007 they were photographed together for the first time in 2005. It's been exactly two years. They already have Shiloh. Mm-hmm. So I guess within a year of their relationship, they she got pregnant. Yeah. Um, which, oh, fucking hell, must have been so heartbreaking for Jennifer Aniston. Like, I just can't even imagine oh, that I kind know. of, like, trauma. Not only, you know, did your husband leave for another woman, but, like, that woman is immediately pregnant. Yeah, and that woman is also an A++ celebrity. Yes, and just the hottest person to, like, ever roam the land. I mean, this profile gives kind of nothing away about Brad, which is interesting because he is her life partner. I think that's the reason why Brad has remained so unproblematic in the public eye for so long. The goodwill of Jen. Yeah, the, the friendship he's maintained with her and the fact that there are so many documented moments of them now running into each other or engaging with each other and it just seeming all so friendly and chill. And now he's sculpting and, and again, we're getting there, but he hasn't had full Johnny Depp treatment. I mean, Johnny Depp has kind of been saved by his fans. Brad has never really required that. I don't think Um, he's never been beyond retribution, Mm -hmm. either in Hollywood, in the public eye. Like that's that's the take that I have looking from the outside in. But Brad doesn't appear in this profile. So this because this profile is so long, it requires a lot of additional perspectives from people outside of Angelina, which any great profile has. If you were being profiled, Ivana, I hope I would be asked for a little quote quote. Oh, and same to you. Yeah. Same to you. I have it prepared. I have it ready. Have it written out. <laughs> and, and he does talk to, to people around her. But the weirdest choice of people, I, I wrote them down to really make sure that I, that I had it right. He chooses to quote Tom Sachs, who's the world famous economist and activist, Stefan Bognar, who's the manager of her conservation project in Cambodia. And then this woman, Erin Trowbridge, who I guess is Sachs's advisor and comes with Angelina on trips. Yeah, like what an interesting crew she's running with. Yes. I don't think she has time for friends. Um, and probably there's no one on her level that she can really connect with. Wait, actually, I'm just really thinking about it. I don't know if I've ever, I, I, there is nothing that comes to mind. Yeah. Thinking of like a photo of Angelina out with friends. Not even out with friends, but helping friends, like appearing on a talk show with a famous friend. Being like quoted talking about a friend. Yes. Where is it? Wait. There? Yeah. Does she have friends? I, 
I don't think so. And I don't, and I don't think she has time. I like, I, I please, I really, if I can take away anything from this, it's that she is so accomplished and so impressive, but I just, I didn't come away from this liking her anymore. And I, she doesn't, she's not asking for it. I don't, she doesn't owe us relatability and likability. She's just living, laughing, love, not laughing probably, but living and loving the tigers, <laughs> the tigers. Yeah. And I think she's happy that way. And she's also, I, I can also acknowledge that, like to take the onus off of her a little bit, like to be a woman who looks that beautiful, has won a fucking Oscar, um, has headed up one of the most, uh, you know, popular franchises of all time as like a hot girl in short shorts and a tank top and now is saving the tigers and has like a family of adopted children. I mean, she would be an intimidating prospect for pretty much any woman um, to be friends with. If we're looking at it from the kind of 2007 landscape of like deeply competitive. Yeah. And I think your observation at the beginning actually is only ringing more and more true as you like sort of work through this profile that she's never tried to do the relatability thing no. of like, I'm just like you, which I think is totally fine, but it does, it would endear her a little bit more. Yeah. Like I want to hear the wake up, feed the kids, like kind of energy. I know. Um, but we don't get that. Instead we get, um, Stefan Bogner saying, Angie roughs it. She lives with us in the forest and eats the crickets and cockroaches the locals eat without thinking twice about it. Basically, he goes on to say how, like, she is always putting her health at risk and she stays in, like, the dirtiest camps. Like, she doesn't stay in different accommodation. She always wants to experience what it's like to be, like, a woman and a mother in this context. I I looked deep into my own soul while reading this profile and thought, am I capable of this? And maybe for a short length of time, but like this would grate on me, um, this kind of lifestyle. I'm, I think I'm a creature of comfort and I, yeah, it's, this is amazing. She is at this point four years older than me and it's Whew, just even saying that out loud is wow. hard to reconcile. Um, <laughs> these are the kind of quotes we get from people outside of her specifically. She is kind of elevated to the same level as like a Jesus, which brings us back to the headline of the piece. Angelina Jolie dies for our sins. Interesting. Yeah. The whole, throughout the entire profile, he is asking, is this all an elaborate years long publicity stunt mm -hmm. to appear good or is she actually good? And Tom Juno's conclusion at the end of it is she is good. That is the word he uses. That is the adjective of choice that she is just good goodness um, personified. Wow. It's just interesting because there is just no context as to her life and I think that's what frustrates me the most. I, I just don't know what it's, what she's all about by the end of it. I she, wonder if the assumption is that people know what, like, so that that's, so those that's reading. what I thought too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And again, to give him the benefit of the doubt, she's probably been profiled to death at this point and mm -hmm. he was trying to find another way in. Um, almost like letting her actions speak louder than her words or like letting, it seems like a snapshot in time of like, this is what matters to Angelina Jolie in 2007 in July when this profile is happening. Yeah. So his entire style of writing is painting a picture and then dissecting it. Mm -hmm. The whole story is written 
from the public's perception of Angelina rather than Angelina's own perspective, which is lovely and a very interesting read. But I was just craving, just just give me like a little, little sum and sum to go off. And like he does in this line, this is towards the end, for a beautiful woman, she looks fragile. She's been getting thinner and thinner ever since her mother died. So that's the first thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the first time we hear the mother dying. It's the first time he attributes her kind of thinness and the way that she, or her obvious fragility to anything at all. And then he says, but she's strong, especially in the role she's chosen to play. And she's in a hurry. So she doesn't have time to eat. She doesn't have time to be human. That's really interesting. Also really sad. I know. Oh, that's like, it doesn't it's sound so like devastating. a fun life. But this, this little tidbit is like what I wish was threaded throughout the profile. No, of course, because the context of like this grief she must be feeling... Yeah. Such a humongous loss. Her mother died at, I think, 56. Oh, so young. And her grandmother was, I think, also in her 50s. I could be wrong about uh, that. But there was, she says there's no longevity among the women in my family, which obviously led to her yeah, double like mastectomy. Yeah, yeah, which was a big and highly publicized. And also, I think, did a lot. I do think that for a woman of Angelina Jolie's caliber to share her experiences with a double mastectomy and like also be like truly spreading awareness. And it feels like very big that she like was really transparent with that journey of hers that's affecting and I agree I do wish I wish that was up top how different is it to know that this like activism work and the starting of a family is happening in the shadow of losing her mother feels very surface level under the guise of like this very deep profound piece of writing he he doesn't break down like why she wanted this family He talks about her falling in love with Maddox when she sees him at the orphanage, but he doesn't talk about what propels her at 26 to adopt an orphan and then consecutively adopt so many more children. Yeah. And obviously like the reader can piece that together that she, she didn't come from a, a nuclear family unit or there was a lot of kind of chaos in the household and she wants to kind of start again and have a do over. I just wish there was a little bit of that instead of requiring the reader to infer everything between the lines. And then in the last, the last several paragraphs, we finally get to the reason of the whole profile to begin with. We finally get what she's promoting. I don't know what you're going to say. I really don't have guesses. I'm I'm just going to read you. I'm just going to read you the line because I, I 6,000 words deep. Yeah. So I think at this point we are, yeah, we're at the 5,500 mark. He then weaves back in 9-11. He says, where were you in 9-11? She was in Japan. She, she talks about the fact that, um, it was, it was bizarre because the Japanese used to be an enemy of the United States and here they were comforting her about a great American tragedy. He transitions the paragraphs by saying, so that's one kind of story and one kind of meaning. Here's another. A few months after 9-11, Marion Pearl moved to Karachi, Pakistan with her husband, Danny. They were both journalists. That's the transition. What? It's pure and utter like whiplash. Like you're like, wait, 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 wait. Okay, so we started um, in post 9-11 New York with Harrison Ford and like a fire truck and like celebrity and a celebrity disintegrating because we now know what's important and it's these firemen and not Harrison Ford. <laughs> and like, that's cool. Now let's talk about Angelina Jolie. Let's make the entire piece about her humanitarian efforts and how impressive she is. And now 
Let's go back to 9-11. <laughs> let's dive into where she was and what she was doing. And now let's work in a story about completely different people. Now, the reason these people are relevant is because their life story is what served as inspiration for the film that Angelina Jolie is promoting titled A Mighty Heart. Mm -hmm. So Angelina mm -hmm. is playing the role of Marion Pearl. I don't know if Marianne, Marianne, I don't know if you know, do you know the story? Not um, well. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, they were both journalists. Um, Dan Pearl um, went to Pakistan to uh, interview a jihadist, I think, and he was captured by Al Qaeda and beheaded on camera. I think this was one of the first televised beheadings, but this is the introduction of what Angelina is actually here to promote. And she does talk about, speaking of friends, she does talk about like Marion Pearl becoming like a friend of hers. And they oh, obviously. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. They obviously like cross over a lot with their citizen of the worldness, which they both seem to feel like they have earned. It's kind of like, okay, we're now into the story that we're actually here for. And that's kind of it. They, t they talk a little bit about the movie. I think he dedicates maybe like a paragraph or two out of the 6,000 words to it. And then he, he ends it. He says, and this is like the most powerful moment in the profile. And of course, what Esquire chose to pull out. Mm -hmm. A juicy um, tidbit. A juicy little tidbit. He says, because of her fame, she suffers. Because of her suffering, she becomes even more famous. Because she becomes even more famous, the most famous woman in the world she fulfills her vision of herself as the underdog because she's the underdog. She connects to the world's genuine underdogs. And as so, in the end, finds meaning and a measure of happiness. Wow. I have chills. I know. I, Can you see I, them? I do. I also have I chills. I have them. But then I, did this offer us anything new about Angelina or was it a chance for this writer and I haven't read his other work, so I don't know if this is part and parcel of what he produces, but was this just a, a chance for him to flex his own creativity? I don't know. I At times I thought this is kind of masturbatory. That's an extreme word, but it's almost as if he's writing it for her to read it and getting off on the picture of her reading it and thinking, wow, what a smart guy. <laughs> because there's a very, very low number of quotes. And I don't, I don't believe she gave him nothing. Because usually when there's low quotes, it means they kind of had to write around. You kind of have to yeah, like fill the space, fill the space, fill the word count. It just feels like he chose to do that because he wanted to shine. I just wish there was more background. I wish there was more about her 20s and the the push and pull of motherhood and the push and pull of being in this new relationship and being so visible. I would have loved to kind of have heard a little bit more about fame and like the trappings of it. I really wonder if also those were like secret. Well, she doesn't have a publicist. So there was no one saying like, this is off limits, by the way, before, yeah. I guess. If she genuinely doesn't have a publicist, yeah. then there's no one calling time on their date in, a, in this Hollywood restaurant. Mm -hmm. Like there's no one cutting them off. I wonder if it was like a choice on her end that she's like, I'm not gonna talk about. I'm gonna choose to believe that to cut him some slack <laughs> because it, the, it's almost just entirely about 
her activism, which is definitely not of the most interest to the public, even though it is amazing and so admirable. And yeah. Totally. And I feel like as a as a seasoned journalist at this point, I feel like he must have asked. Asked about Brad, asked about the kids, asked about how that's going. Yeah. I can't imagine he sat down and his opening question was about, like, what about tigers struck you and yes. why are you <laughs> on a mission to? So basically, I came away from this asking myself, do I know her now? Mm-hmm. And my answer was not at all. But maybe that's the point, is that no one does. She is so pedestalized. She is completely inaccessible. And we should leave her on the cross. Yeah. And not try and bring her down to our level or assume that she is on it. No, because I do think her life doesn't make sense to most of us. She could have chosen a life of only comforts. Yes. And she didn't. Yes. She's, She's eating cockroaches, like, because it matters to her. To fast forward a little bit 15 years later... It's interesting because she's embroiled in a very public scandal. She really talks about how much she wants her and Brad to stay together, which felt weird when you're two years in a relationship, kind of like hoping, praying and crossing your fingers. Anyway, they divorced in 2019 um, after getting married uh, just several years earlier officially. And there's no one who doesn't know about this. She has a $250 million lawsuit out against him. She's seeking $250 million in damages for his control of their Chateau Mirabel, um, this winery that they own together in the south of France. That, interestingly enough, was where Pink Floyd's The Wall was recorded. Really? Alton John recorded there. It's been a passion project for brad clearly and he's restored the music studio and all this kind of stuff but brad doesn't want to let it go it's clear that she does and what i just found so interesting off the back of how she engages with press her saying she doesn't have a publicist which now she absolutely will i'm sure it's just the way that she manages if you if i take us back to that beach in africa where she was photographed the mo- one of the most recent stories to come out about her is this leaked email from one of the three court cases that are going on right now. Um, it's an email that she wrote. Uh, I, I don't know how recently, but she says, I cannot begin to express how upsetting it is for me to have to reach this point. Your dream of your relationship to the business and the alcohol is your own. She references alcohol because he was an alcoholic and is now sober, yet it is a winery. I wish you all the best with the business and sincerely hope that the children feel different about Miraval when they are older and visit you there. But Miraval, for me, died September 2016, and everything I've seen in the year since has sadly confirmed that. September 2016 was their flight back to the States from France, where Angelina alleges Brad Pitt lunged at his own child, choked one of the children and struck another in the face, and that Brad poured beer on the children as well as red wine, I guess. Um, And then the same month that this kind of alleged incident like took place, she filed for divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and like the lasting trauma of that is just uh, is yeah. like yeah, unimaginable. I don't know. I think I'm being too cynical. It feels like vaguely manipulative, and I can't not go back to that photo shoot in Africa and like Jan Wenner's account of events. She is more than 
more than entitled to control her narrative in the way that she sees fit. But it, it just was interesting to me the way that this email was leaked, the way that it appeared and then disappeared and then was covered. But again, I could just be looking at it from a, like a very cynical journalistic perspective. No, I also think that we're living very much in a post Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial mm-hmm. reality where uh, we now know that the public perception is everything. Yes. And it's also just like the whole situation is so sad because it's like you think of the kids in the middle of all of this who are like absolutely being exposed to all of this. And being forced to relive whatever transpired on that flight, but also just like that flight is one instance that's like currently being publicized. And you do have to wonder like what else was going on on? as like a marriage is dissolving, which is just like even in the best case scenario, I think still painful. It's a lot. And this is kind of what's dominating the news cycle and has been for the past year, I think, is there fight over over this estate there are three concurrent lawsuits right now or court cases but to finish on like a beautiful note for Angelina she's currently directing a film in Italy starring Salma Hayek and Salma Hayek has recently just said she's probably the best director she's ever worked with which is amazing that doesn't surprise me it doesn't surprise me at all it feels like if there's anything Angelina has it's perspective yes and like opinions and like as a director I feel like she could really shine I think she's a creative in the truest sense yes yeah and I think that's also what makes her so powerful yes and the feeling that like she's on another level in like the most literal sense yeah her brain functions differently probably than most people a thousand percent It, it would have been a disservice for her to remain solely as an actress and her potential and capabilities are unknowable and I mean, I, that was a marathon of a of a profile. So I would love to know. Do you remember it? Do you remember reading it? Yeah, I do, and I remember the cover. I remember seeing the cover okay. and being really struck by it. Um, I feel like I've learned a lot. The context, like, has been really essential. And mm-hmm. also, I just really have to say that I am so sort of in awe of how young she was. Thirty two. We now know. A yeah. nubile child. No, yeah. 22 is the new 12. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> and 32 is the new 22. Yeah. I truly, like, I cannot believe that. The way that we've grown up so fast and mutually so slow with the internet, it's, we, yeah. And, like, she's accomplished so much at this age. And mm-hmm. she is holding it together, it feels like. It seems like, I mean, it is not easy. I can't even imagine what her central nervous system looks like. She's taking four calls a week yeah. to oversee this conservation project, this village that she has built and owns. It's not just that she's agreeing to do like a cute project mm-hmm. that's going to require her to like show up there. It's like she has agreed to really sink her resources and her time to like attempt to support the the people of Cambodia. And I mean, it just, it's clear that it's not lost on her and this isn't like a vanity project. No. And the whole profile is trying to decipher whether it's vanity or not. And he ultimately concludes it's, it's not like she is. And I believe it. Deep I believe it. it. Yeah. I believe and, it too. And it's true. And it's, I think with, with still the test of time, she's still an activist first. It feels like, and now maybe yes. a director second, which yeah. would be very exciting. I would love for her career to like flourish as, an incredible director. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she has had kind of wins and losses in the directing game. I think this is her fifth feature. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just signed a three project deal. But does this make you want to 
sit down with her. I would like to sit down with her at the juncture that I was ready to like change my entire life <laughs> to dedicate it to like the good of the world. Yes. And at that You've juncture. You've reached a crossroads. You're like, I am deeply selfish and have nothing to live for. And like, I'd like to sit down with Angelina Jolie and I'd like her to tell me like what I need to do to save the planet, kind of. Because this is definitely not an example of a celebrity where I'm like, oh, they seem like such a fun hang. I think the intention of this piece and of the profile at Tom's, you know, is also to make you feel like shit about yourself. <laughs> and I would love to know if you do after, after hearing her story and reading this, like his big takeaway is like, we are all pieces of shit in comparison to Angelina, the beacon of light that is saving the planet. No, but yeah, it definitely makes me feel like shit because it's like, yes. for me, I'm like, it really does immediately like poke a hole and pop the bubble of the idea that like we don't have time, large oh. scale efforts because it, like Angelina Jolie makes the time. It um, is giving you have the same hours in a day as Beyonce. Like it is. Mm-hmm. That's definitely that comes across strong. Yeah, I I have no desire to like reread this, and I don't think it's gonna go in my profile Hall of Fame. But on a scale of one to Pulitzer, which we like to do, it's it's up there. Like, it's definitely like an eight or a nine. It is so beautifully written by our criteria and our standards of readability and enjoyability. I think for me personally, it's like a five. <laughs> but, but go off, Tom. This was a beautiful 6,000 word long profile. And you deserve all the accolades that you have been gifted throughout your career masterful writing that last line i actually think will really stick with me the like the suffering and the oh wow the the comparison obviously the key comparison of her to jesus is is a valid one (laughs) yeah honestly that's kind of and that's and that's unexpected yeah that's unexpected and Mm -hmm. i'll give i'll give tom that as well because that is not something we're seeing every like we're not going to be comparing charlie d'amelio to jesus anytime (laughs) soon and so in that way it does (laughs) You being like, well, actually. <laughs> well, she is very selfless. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it was it's a kind of dangerous comparison to make in a very judgmental world. And he does it to your point masterfully. It was such dense reading at times with so many uses of repetition and various devices that you're kind of it gets waffly. It's a little bit like get to the point. But he like I said, I think he wrote it for Angelina to read. And that's totally fine. Yeah, I mean, we've all been there when we were so impressed by a celebrity that we want to in turn impress them. And I think that's- A love letter. Yeah, yeah, a love letter to her. Mm. So yeah, scale of one to Pulitzer, I'm giving it a, a, a probably a nine. I yeah. think I'm right at the nine mark. But we would love, please, to know your thoughts. You don't have to read it. That was a fucking journey, <laughs> but- we it's worth now, it. It's worth oh, it to us. So we can keep bringing you these piping hot profiles. Mm, thanks so much for listening. Thank and you. we'll see you next week. See you next week. 